0: Hi, and welcome to the Finding Something More to Read About podcast. I'm Nancy Rentsch, your host. This book club is designed to engage feelings, expressions, and ideas for thought-provoking conversations that inspire our lives. How we interpret a book or any literature is influenced by our own personal bias, and that's what makes a book club so much fun and interesting. That experience we bring to our reading. I hope you'll join us as we turn the next page. Hello and welcome to the Something More to Talk About book club. I'm Nancy Rentsch, your host, and my guests today are Kate Gregory from Huntington Beach, Diana Melcher from Lubbock, Texas, Judy Heck from Laguna Niguel. And I'm so happy to have all of you here today. Thank you so much for taking the time out. You know. My company is called Finding Something More and it's dedicated to inspiring women to look beyond circumstances and to reach for something more. And as I read our first book here, The Moment of Lift with Melinda Gates, it just exemplified what we really are within our company, empowering other women and drawing strength uh, from each other. And there was three Actual bullet points that I wrote down that I especially took away. Uh, one was when you lift a woman up, she has the power to change entire communities. The second one was when women are given full voice, it empowers everybody. And that small changes make all the difference. So, how did you like the book, first of all? Had you read it before I asked you to read it?
1: Nancy, this is Diana. And this was my first time to read it. I, I enjoyed it very much. It was heart-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. It was overwhelming in some ways to me um, as far as really coming to uh, uh, terms, I guess, with the people that the world's people that are on the margins. Uh-huh. You know, we get wrapped up in our, our own little cocoon our own little world sometimes and don't realize stop to even realize what the struggles are for women in the rest of the world so I I thoroughly enjoyed it but to be honest I was glad when I finished (laughs) I loved every page of it but you know it, it was um yeah it was very thought-provoking yes it was a lot of book huh That's good it, was. To it was a lot of book
0: okay well we're just going to go ahead and start um with the first question that i asked you to kind of ponder um in describing her own journey with her catholic faith melinda explains the importance of acting according to one's conscience that faith in action to her means going from the margins of society, seeking out those who are isolated, and bringing them back in. Mm-hmm. Does this resonate with your experience with religion or spirituality? And do you find it difficult to bring those on the margins or different than you in? Um, you know, I, um, this is
2: such an excellent question. And um, I feel very fortunate um, because. I actually became a Christian later in life and my own faith, the way that, um, I'm growing in it is I'm really working to see more like Jesus and less like me. And, um, and that means being less judgmental of people who sort of, as Diana said, we don't know what they're going through. And I feel personally that that's something that, can be difficult to overcome for me, being less judgmental of people that are on the margins. But I do feel as a Christian that it is important to bring those people in. Um, and I feel really grateful that I don't really have a conflict with that. As far as my faith goes, I would say the conflict is more internally to me.
3: Well, being a Catholic, um, I, I could relate to a lot of what she spoke about. And um, you know, I have to say that she, and I feel the same way, you have to um, go by your conscience and what, what you feel is best sometimes. And I feel that she is doing exactly, she's doing things out of love and caring. And I think that's what God expects of us. The Catholic church, of course, disagrees with her. Um, now I know she's met with many of the hierarchy of the church and I know they understand what she's doing. And, um, I sort of tried to read between the lines a little bit and, I think in their own small way, they agree with what she's doing because of um, how she is helping people and what she is accomplishing. Um, Because, you know, without, I guess we take birth control for granted. It's there for us, but it's not there for everybody. And people are dying and kids are dying and mothers are dying because they can't plan their family. And I think she's just doing a fabulous job with that, Diana.
1: Nancy and Nancy, I I, uh, I developed a social conscience very early in life, I think, and and tried to raise my sons, you know, with the attitude as well that, uh, you know, even though we're spoiled, I know uh, that it's uh, it's so important to know that we aren't better than anyone else, that we respect everyone else. And I just think that people pick up almost immediately on whether we've spent time with Jesus or not, just by listening to our choice of words and actions. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like that uh, I've been somewhat nearsighted as far as seeing the world's struggles and, and their reality and so many of the things that uh, that they deal with, uh, but I witnessed people on the margins in my own local community and society, and in experience, you know, along the way with uh, serving on community boards and volunteering and that sort of thing. But um, you know, I do think that, as Melinda said, all lives have equal value, and everyone has rights, uh, has rights, and has the right to belong. And to flourish, I've been lucky, I guess, enough to uh, not have a conflict, I guess, with uh, my religion or my religious values, as far as, you know, some of the things we were, we were reading about in this book. You know, Jesus
2: sought out the people on the margins.
1: Yes.
0: She said, if you want to lift a society up, invest in women. What do you think she means by that, Diana?
1: Um, well, Nancy, I, uh, well, as you know, I'm retired now, but I spent my, my career as a, a banker in banking and the last, uh, probably about a 35 plus year career in banking. And uh, the last 25 or so, I was lucky enough to be able to focus on building up women targeting women regardless of their age or financial situation, everybody from high school age to a seniors market, um, uh, building up a uh, loyalty club for the bank that I worked for. Uh, I was able to uh, include women individually and in group settings Uh, you know, that inclusivity that Melinda talked about that's so important. Just, you know, taking the women from your community and determining their needs and desires and struggles uh, as far as as financial planning, what, what their needs are at different ages. And so I was lucky enough to be able to do that, which was very fulfilling for me because I was able to work with women. And I loved every single minute of it. Yes, I know you did. And yes. you were great at it. Well, and yes. you know, it was just, it became a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just lucky enough to work for a bank that was a majority of the administrators and the, the hierarchy were men, but they recognized a the need that, uh, You know, women played a a big role as far as starting new businesses and needing information on how to do that or even targeting high school students on, uh, you know, how to how to talk to adults, how to Uh, get involved in their own finances at that Mm -hmm. early of an age. And then a seniors market, which is so important because women who are seniors and may have lost their husbands or whatever their situation is, uh, need somebody to educate them and hold their hand and build a relationship with them as a banker where their husband may have back in the day, you know, may have been the one to do all the banking and develop relationships.
3: I, I, listening to you, I just, um, you've more or less changed my whole perspective. Um, I was absolutely, I thought, I, I totally disagreed with the statement. I thought, why I, why sh- should women, um, I, I know we should empower them and they should, Have we should have equal rights between men and women? That that's how I feel, but I never. Some of the the, uh, things that you brought up, like the seniors, for example, there's a lot of seniors that have never written a check. That women talking about, Um, and and you know, it just changed my whole perspective on the whole thing. I have to say. Yeah, Um,
1: some women, you know, they didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their husbands took care of their finances, and they never worried about it. They. Uh, you know ran the home they had everything they needed so to speak you know but they never it never occurred to them that they would have to pay a bill you know or anything and all of a sudden you know their husbands are gone and now Mm -hmm. what what do we do so um, you know just just the whole uh, idea of investing in women and bringing them in from the margins because believe me you know banking was basically a men's club for years and years and, sure. and uh, uh, you know, a good old boys club. And um, so I was glad to have the opportunity to do that. Oh, mm-hmm. and that I'm sure that was
0: so fulfilling for you, Diana. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Kate. Nancy, you have- this, you
2: yeah, get- I do, I do, Nancy, this is Kate. I want to just say that I was raised by a widow. My dad died when I was three and my parents had the forethought to get my mother educated. She got a master's in nursing. So she raised all four of us and sent us to college. Very similar to a story that she told in the book. And when we lift women up and educate them, then they educate their children. And I remember there was a family in town where the husband, brilliant engineer, was in a freak accident. His wife had no education. And they really was hand to mouth for this family. And I had that dichotomy. So to me, that's what you know, she's saying, is we, we need to lift everybody up, but especially men and women, but we especially need to lift women up because they then lift up their children. And then we have this amazing growth for our world and our society and we become
1: educated and it just
2: continues, right? So-
1: hey, Kate, I agree. I think okay. education is the key. Mm-hmm. to self-image mm-hmm. and to the lift, you know, as far as, uh, uh, you know, it leads to finding your voice and, and maybe that, uh, you know, leads into the next bullet yes, point. That's a great segue into the, because wow. um, she writes, the most transforming
0: force of education for women and girls is challenging the self-image of the girl who goes to school. Did you have a teacher who helped change your self-image? and what effect did it have on you?
3: Well, this is Judy. Um, I did, uh, in the 10th grade, I had been um, actually out sick for two or three weeks and fell behind um, in some of my classes. And one of my teachers uh, came up to me and said, if I was willing to come in before school, she would tutor me uh, every day until I was caught up. And so I, so I did it and I, I got caught up and ended up winning some awards. And, and I just think I, I've never forgotten her. I still remember her name, uh, you know, and I'm so grateful for her kindness and taking the time to, uh, to tutor me that, that way.
2: Um, when I went into the fifth grade, I would say I was a C student. And, you know, thinking back on my childhood, um, the youngest of four, it wasn't that I was always told I could do whatever I wanted, but I wasn't really emphasized to go that I had to get good grades, right, um, which I don't know, which is just interesting, so when I got into fifth grade, the teacher gave me, um, that my teacher kind of took me under her wing, and I ended up being, we had groups back then, like we had the middle reading group, and the high reading group, same with math, and I ended up getting into those higher groups, and I think it was Um, a combination of her and my best friend at the time who was very smart. And I absorbed, I watched her and absorbed it. But this particular teacher had a huge impact on me because I actually became a very good student and I learned how to study. And honestly, I think it changed my life. So it is interesting when we think about those people that made such a huge impact, You know, whether it was a teacher or a coach or a family member who really believed in you.
1: And just them believing in you lifts you up. It's, yes, incredible. Absolutely. Kate, I I remember that, uh, I'm not sure that I remember any teachers, so to speak, but I have had a few mentors along the way, mentors along the way that, uh, you know, took a chance on me, uh, encouraged me, had confidence in me so that that they allowed me to see uh, my abilities through their eyes. And uh, I had one mentor tell me one time to stop complaining about a situation you don't like. Suggest a well-thought-out solution. Stop waiting for someone to fix it for you. And I thought at the time, kind of a light bulb went on, and I thought, oh, I can do that? (laughs) You know, I, I can actually... I get onto myself to do something about it instead of just whining about it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've had some great mentors along the way. And honestly, uh, you know, some, the couple that come to mind have been men instead of women. I hate to admit that, but um, that's been the way it has been. So that's okay. We love our men.
0: (laughs) Okay. Did you grow up with certain expectations of what was women's work and how it was valued compared to work done um, at an outside job? And how does your current workplace and or home value the tasks of taking care of a home and family and where you might use your voice to make the two more compatible as Melinda describes? Well, in our home, I, you know, probably like yours too. I mean, my mom worked. um, She was an RN as well. Am a father worked full time. She
1: worked full time. Nancy, you know, my mom worked outside the home too, earned an income, and um, as I did. And yes, of course, there were definite lines drawn as far as what uh, was women's work. Now, you know, my dad and husband would pitch in, of course. when they were asked. Right. There you go. <laughs> and I raised boys. So this is sort of, I think, an inherent trait to boys. It's just that you have to ask them mm-hmm. or <laughs> force them <laughs> sometimes to to cross those lines sometime. Right. And let me just add to this
0: one. Um, I have been married now for 15 years to the love of my life. Um, deeply, deeply love my hubby. He's a sweetie pie. He is. And he treats me like a queen. He really does. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, um, being whatever you want to call it, but my gosh, I mean, it is a lot because he just is used to me doing it and I do, but you know, I told him the other day, I go, you know what? It really doesn't bother me to, um, to pick up after you, your socks, And you're this and you're that, whatever. Right. And, um, and we were laughing about it, but I, I, I walked away thinking it really doesn't, I really sort of enjoy it. And maybe it's because I know I don't have to, he wouldn't care Mm -hmm. if I didn't, I was thinking about that. He's the personality that it's okay, honey, don't, but I do because I want to. And I think that that is a very different than knowing you have to, to, um, uh, come home, you've got to make a, a four course meal, you've got to do the dishes afterwards. But I do think that there needs to be more equality in that area. And I think that I'm probably, um, you know, an outsider with that point of view, because I think most women do want a little help. There are times when I, I think that I do, as far as handyman and stuff, like that. I'm going to do it. He can, but he's not going to. So anyway, it's funny. Um, but I think that there's that too, you know, it's, it's, it's the, there's equality, but then there's women like me that say, wait a minute. No, no, I'll do it. Oh no, no, I'll do it. Honey, can right. I help? No, it's okay. I'll do it. You know, right. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, Nancy,
3: yeah I... I'm with oh, you ahead. on
2: that. Go ahead, Judy. Oh no, that's okay. Did you want to go? I was going to say I'm similar to Nancy because, you know, raised, being raised by my mother who was a widow, we had to do everything. The kids, my brother cooked and, but, but I found when I got married that I kind of became this little, do everything, you know, cook and, uh, but my husband was, he passed away, you know, uh, four years ago, but he was similar to yours, Nancy, that he never expected it. And he appreciated it. Yeah, and yeah. as Diana said, He would, you know, I might have said, honey, would you please get over here and dry these pots? (laughs) And he would do it. But I love taking care of him. And I think Mm -hmm. it was just because it wasn't expected. And it was, I just felt like, felt fun to just be able to take care
1: of him. I love that. I love your attitude and Nancy's attitude about that. That's, that's wonderful. To have a contrast, I, I, I'll just, I will
0: never say names um, but people that I know, I, honestly, there's lots people that I know that absolutely expect their husband or a significant other or boyfriend or whoever, right. To chip in those dishes are going to remain in, in the, it's your turn. This, you said you were going to do it Monday through Wednesday and on Thursday through Saturday. So I'm not picking up a dish. It, you can mm-hmm. help too. I work really hard too. Why do I have to wash the dog or why do I, you know, they, they do all of that. And I think I'm maybe controlling where I like it done a certain way. So let me just do it. And you go, 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 go into your little man cave and let me get it done.
3: I, you know, I grew up in the 50s. And at at that time, you know, mom stayed home, dad's went to work. And and that's just kind of how it was. Um, And then when I worked for a short period of time, and then when I got married, I was a stay at home mom. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. But, um, and of course, obviously, I did things around the house. I was home, right? And, but if I needed help, he, he, my husband was always there to help. I always bought the cars, I bought the house. Um, I, I did, I, and I love doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, some women just cringe at the thought of going out to buy a car, and it didn't bother me a bit or a house or anything. <laughs> um, okay, I bought took- our house, it's in escrow. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, the one house that I did buy, um, we had stayed in a hotel the night before, and we were moving in the next day, and he went to work. And I looked out the window, and he's driving up and down the street. He didn't know which house was his. I mean, that's that's a true story. That's hysterical.
0: (laughs) Well, after finishing the book, has your understanding of what it means to empower women changed in terms of concept and execution and what are some of the ways Melinda suggested we can all women and men move out of this state of fear and into one of love and acceptance?
1: What popped out to me first was empathy. Um, how I think in the book, she says, um, empathy allows for listening and listening leads to understanding. And, and that's how we gain a common base of knowledge. So, uh, you know, we need to put ourselves project ourselves into uh, someone else's life before we judge, I guess, Uh, uh, walk in their shoes, understand their challenges and understand their needs. Uh, And then I think that maybe, is that what you were going for, Nancy, as far as trying to, you
0: know, the fear? and And I also wonder if she's talking about men too um, move out of the state of fear and into one of love and accept, acceptance. Um, the, the men have a fear of, of women escalating, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, I don't know if that's, but that kind of came to my mind too. Well,
1: well and, this, uh, also, uh, one of the other things that really jumped out at me, um, uh, one of the, to quote a line, I think from, um, some chapter was, it's a clear choice challenge the biases or perpetuate them and so mm. I, I just think that's that's so true yes um, if we women don't stand up <laughs> for some of our some of our rights as far as being uh, equal value and that sort of thing then then we're just uh, buying into that being the way it is forever and ever
2: right one of my favorite stories in the book was about the uh, Indian. I think it was in India. It was Sana, and she kept saying, "I want a teacher. I want yeah. a teacher. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I want a teacher." And then Nancy, one of your bullet points was maybe you can read it again. Sometimes
0: it's just a small change. Mm-hmm. Small changes make all the difference. Yes. Yes.
2: And how they were able to make a change, the family owned this land. They didn't own the land, but they lived on it. And someone figured out how to go to the government and get them to be actually the inhabitants, which brought on them having a school. And I thought, how brilliant. Now it might not have been a, to me, it's kind of a small change. It was just somebody knowing how to correct that situation. And then these people, you know, again, this little girl that keeps saying, I want to teach her. Nobody shut her down. Everybody let her talk and they, and they recognized her. I was, that, that story was blew yes. me away.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She never gave up. She just didn't give up.
0: Front. That was impressive. And the one thing I, I just want to circle back to is the idea from a religious and, and I probably should have said at the beginning, cause well, not necessarily, but I, I think, um, with my with my company finding something more, even though we're uh, my core group are Christians, we we really do want to speak to all religions and all people because I want peop- those people to hear as there's a thread of 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 who we are within everything we do. So you guys know that, except Diana. But the idea that God wants the man to be in charge of the woman and that we're supposed so so this is where This is where the rub is. This is to me where that moral, this is what she's talking about in really throughout it. But that first question, even how, how are you navigating the thought of what we learned in Sunday school versus what we're seeing from the margins or what we're seeing from racial issues and all of these other issues that we're faced with politically in our society how do we, how do we navigate through that from a moral stance versus a religious stance? And then there's no answers. I'm just saying you just kind of innately know, I don't think that's right. I'm going to have to go on the side of love for me. I'm going to have to go on the side of, of love. You know, I, I love this person or I love that. Or I think that, you know, the, the, the border problems the all of that. I mean, we all have very strong, deep, opinions on what we think is right and wrong with it. And we're not going to change each other. All four of us may or may not have the same views on it, but that's what makes it interesting and fun to be able to talk. And that's why we have to have these conversations. But I, I just simply can't fathom it because how can we possibly, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's not coming from a place of love and God is love.
1: I do feel that the Lord that God intended the man to be the head of the family, the head of the head of the family. But that, in my mind, has never meant that the woman can't be an equal partner. You know, my mother was a a pretty strong, independent, and raised my sister and I, and my brother as well, but my sister and I especially, to be independent women with with minds of our own and you know, not it's not that we weren't supposed to defer to uh, a man who was trying to lead the family in the right way, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's something to think about.
0: It's just something to think about. and 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 in my own family, I, I'm saying that's probably me knowing how I was raised, but I've never had any um conflict with anybody in my family over that although i do have different views than lots of my family yes they know that so it's always kind of interesting to read these books and i love reading these kinds of books but it was a lot of book wasn't it yes yes it <laughs> yes. was yes it
1: yep. was okay amazing actually amazing uh, one so, of the best books i've read in a while in a while good
0: Thank you for listening to the Finding Something More to Read About podcast. Please join us again as we turn another page.